Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ah, you're awake. I see. Welcome, welcome. You've been uh, sleeping in an ice-based coma Ooh. for the last 300 years. How are you feeling? <sighs> Me want to listen to podcasts. Oh, that's a ri- Wow, wow. What an amazing coincidence that you want to listen to a podcast. Me big movie reviewer back in 4000 BC. Oh, Me want to oh. go back and listen to movies. I watch movies. Why would I listen to movies? That makes no sense. I want to watch movies from when they came out and then review them. Wow, that's that's really that's really amazing. Hey, when you were reviewing movies from a particular year back in like three hundred years ago, how did you mm. used to rate them? Well, we rated it uh, an uga or a booga. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, what a you coincidence. See, yeah, what yeah, was yeah. the title of your podcast? It's uh, Ooga Bada Booga. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a show where we go back to 1984 BC <laughs> and uh, watch movies as they came out, but then reviewed them like we were watching them as the year went by. Wow. That's yes, amazing. it's a great concept. I feel like we should bring it back into this this time. Where am I, by the way? What what time is this? It's um four years ago. Whoa! Flash to the future. <laughs> and that was how we came up with the idea for our podcast. Yes, we murdered a caveman and stole his idea. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Oldie Mother Kitty. What a great intro. That was a really solid intro. I love that It was that good. One. I yep. thought we should do something quite alternative, not mm. by the books, quite like how this movie was yeah. made, maybe. Question mark. Go a little bit out there. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's Oldie But A Goodie. That was the premise. Uh, yeah. This is the show. We watch movies from 1984, not 1984 BC. Not but... 1984 BC. That would be someone else's idea that we wouldn't want to steal. Exactly. My name is Sandro. I'm joined by Zach. I am Unga Bunga. We are reviewing Iceman. Yep. Iceman! It's about caveman. That's why we're doing the caveman thing. It's cool. It's definitely not about the uh, X-Men, which is probably why a lot of people will click on this episode. Oh, really? You think so? Maybe. I mean... Or, alternatively, mm-hmm. uh, the guy from The Incredibles. Ah, uh, Frozone. Yeah. yeah, Frozone, you know? What's DC's version? Um, like... Batman villain. What's his call? Oh, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Yeah. Freeze. Yeah, there you go. There's Killer Frost. There's so many. Anyway, we're not talking about any of that. We're talking yes. about Iceman. This was a movie that I really, really enjoyed. I thought this was really good. Yeah, I also enjoyed it. And I was surprised because, like, I feel like there's there's not strong bits. Like, there's lacking bits in this movie. But overall, I enjoyed it. And I kind of expected one of us to dislike it but we both seem to like it so there you go yeah, yeah i like everything for me this film has it all it's got yeah. an almost 
Aliens meets the Thing sort of intro. Yeah, I I had that as well. I, I I wrote down got a Thing vibe to it. Yeah, it's very much the Thing. Because I mean, it's the same intro. Yeah, exactly. Because they find something in the ice. And then it kind of turns into like a Planet of the Apes almost yeah. sort of thing where like something's in captivity, you got to learn about it. I like the bit where the, the caveman just goes to his knees and, you killed them all! You d-. That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember I don't know that. why that the was... Statue of Liberty was out in the Arctic, but... Yeah, it was a little bit on the nose, I felt. Yeah. Um, and then it ends in an ending. That is an ending, and that's how it ended. It's, and we'll get to it. It's an ending, and uh, <laughs> I personally loved it, but we'll talk about it later on. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think I may have seen parts of this before, because I wrote, like, yeah. it could also just be that whenever people play Neanderthals, they play them like the character in this film. But I feel like this could also be a great, like, movie to chuck on the TV, like another yeah. TV movie. Hey, what were my other options this week that I said, no, I'm going to watch this movie instead to? Um, well, thank goodness we didn't watch Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Oh, is it the final chapter? No, it's like halfway through. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's the fourth film in the franchise. I just want to quickly say, mm-hmm. which producer on Friday the 13th, the final chapter, actually thought it was going to be the final chapter? Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> Surely none of them. Uh, probably not. It's the 80s. They made a Police Academy film every year for six years. Yeah, I don't know. It does seem weird. It's possible that they were just like, let's call it the final chapter so people will think it's the last one, and therefore yeah. they'll actually come out to see it. Uh, then your other choice was, uh, well, other choices were Kids Co., which is mm. a young boy starts up a manure selling business with his sisters, oh, yeah. and it's so successful they get sued for not paying taxes. Which honestly is an amazing concept. It sounds like something you got to see to believe, and I don't yeah. know if I want to see it, but I think I do want to believe it. I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. put that in the the storage for later. Uh, then we have Farlap. Once again, an, uh, we know for a fact it's probably a good movie, which is mm. an Australian movie about the famous. Racehorse. That's right. As I said, I did like a little uh, study on before, and yeah. he's a big boy. He's a big horse. Big old horsey boy. Big, big old horsey boy. Another one to add to the ever-growing list. Yeah. But that's like, you add that to the, the good movie list, Yeah, where we kind of like, ignore that only if we're feeling really bad after seeing just awful movie after awful movie. You know, something to pick us up. Definitely. Uh, speaking of awful, uh, you also had Swing Shift, <laughs> which is a woman gets romantically involved with a musician while her husband is serving in World War Two. The fact that you called it awful now means that I've got to fact check and see if it is awful. I can uh, almost guarantee. 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. That it is a garbage movie and people don't know what they're talking about. Four out of five, although pretty negative audience score, so... That's good. Oh, Kurt Russell's in it, though. I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, well, I don't. Got nominated for an Oscar. Wow, yeah, the critics really love it, but audience don't. <laughs> Let's jump into the ice of... No, there was a quote in this film that was, um... That's right, the Iceman warmeth. <laughs> what? I missed that one. I have one that we said, 
We have Thor. It was released. It was released April the 13th in 1984, which I think was a Friday, and then makes sense why Friday the 13th was also released and not in uh, Um, October at some point for Halloween. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, isn't that like a spook? Don't they release the spooks on the spooks day? That's a pretty good marketing ploy, though, to name your franchise the day that it'll get released every year. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And then people are like, well, when is it coming? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's good. It's directed by Fred Shapissi. He is an Australian dude from Melbourne. Nice. Bringing it home, Australia. Whoa. People were like, how could you you not do Farlap, an Australian movie? We have done an Australian movie. Boom. It's got an Australian boy right here from, from down under. He was probably alive during the when the first season of Underbelly uh, was set, in which Melbourne was just full of just dumb people shooting other people. Oh, right. Yeah, no, there's some whack Australian history. Uh, his big breakout movie was in the late 70s. It was called The Chant of Jimmy Blacksmith. Uh, it was such a success that he moved to Hollywood and made wow. movies like this. He's also done Six Degrees of Separation and a Steve Martin vehicle called Roxanne. So he's, he's done some good stuff. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would expect him to make some good movies because this movie was pretty good. Yeah. The directing itself, again, quite similar to other films we have seen before, but well hmm. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the cast, we've got Timothy Hutton playing Dr. Shepard. His thing is that everyone hates him. He's like the butt of jokes, you know? I guess because he's young? He's he's young, yeah. but he's also their, like, head, like, negotiator. Like, he... Like, they're just scientists, whereas he's, like, a, a field scientist, mm. almost. Like, what they do is to do, I don't know, science-y things, where they go out and look at ice and go, hmm, this is, this is some old-ass ice. Whereas he's, like, going to Inuit and you know communicating with them he's like a cultural expert yeah exactly and they're they're like a archaeological experts so they like to make fun of him you know Mm. he is perhaps best known as the youngest actor to ever win in a best actor best supporting actor category at the academy awards he was 20 and he won for a film in 1980 called ordinary people so good on him wow yeah, good on him. Yeah, no, that's very impressive. Most recently, he played the modern-day depiction of the father character in Netflix's Haunting of Hill, of Hill House, which oh, okay. he's really good in it as well. And he looks nothing like how he looks in this film. Well, yeah, he's got that He's got that uh, 80s look with the hair. Oh, totally, the, the, yeah. The, the fro, the, the part fro that he has. It's good. He's good in this movie as well. He's yeah, really he's good. really good. Who is perhaps even better, maybe, Ooh. is John Lowe <laughs> as Charlie, the Iceman himself. First off, can we address the fact that his name is Charlie? <laughs> what? Excuse me? This is later on in the movie where they find out his name, but what? Oh. No! He says his name is Rui, and so they're yes. like, ah, Charlie. Yes! No, that's not his name! <laughs> You bastards! You just took his name and was like, oh, let's give him a common English... What? I mean, obviously they can do that behind the scenes, but he literally just goes, Rui. And the guy (laughs) goes, ah, Charlie. It's rude. Especially seen as, quote-unquote, Charlie, says Shepard's name pretty well. Yeah, he says that perfectly fine. He doesn't go, 
oh, Shepard, I'm going to call you Charlie or something. <laughs> you freaking yeah. bastard. God. It's strange, but also it was a different time. It was, No, no, no. It was funny. It was funny. I was like, his name is Charlie? What? <laughs> yeah. What? So that's where anyway. the 80s cheese comes into this oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, completes it the trinity of why I like this film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's got the cheese, cheese. it's got the science, and it's Mm. got the very solid sci-fi directing. It's the trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's interesting how last week's film Mm. didn't feel so much like an 80s film. No. It just felt like a film, whereas this one really feels like an 80s film. Yeah, it definitely does. Which isn't a bad thing. It's just... It's alright. Yeah. It's cool. It's just different feelings from it. John Lone is perhaps best known for playing the adult main character in The Last Emperor, which is a very good movie. Oh. If you haven't seen it, check that out. He has since retired from acting. Uh, but yeah, he's good. That's a shame. And the other cast member that I was very surprised to see show up is Danny Glover. Danny Glover's in this as a scientist called Loomis. He's, of course, uh, Roger in... Lethal Weapon, in all the Lethal Weapon films. He's in Predator 2. Mm. He's in Saw. Most recently, he was in the Jumanji, alongside Danny DeVito, in that the technically third Jumanji movie. So, he's a legend. And he's not in this film much at all. It's a very early role for him. Yeah, he is. he's pretty cool. I like him. And he it, they need him to help them open the doors at the end, for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird... <laughs> yep. But yeah, anyway... anyway. Uh, this doesn't have a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yep. Not enough critics wrote a review of it, but I did some research and quite a few critics were positive about this movie. It even got four yeah. out of four from Roger Ebert, which is no small task. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He said that it is quite simple, yet entertaining, and it makes you think after the film is finished. Whoa. Mm. Anyway, the audience score is 48%. So, <laughs> yeah, not super so positive. Was- yeah, it was really down the middle. And it's funny reading some of the reviews because it's a lot of people going, I remember watching this. I thought it was good. Two out of five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Okay, sure. Yeah, why not? Anyway, much like there not being much information about this movie, we also have absolutely no idea how much it cost. It's got to be at least mm. five to eight million, I'd say, in that yeah. region, maybe even more. I'm going to guess it made like... 30, 30 mil? Ah, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> less than that? 15 mil? Ah, uh, still, still less than that. 5 mil? Wow, more than 5. Eh, uh, 8 mil? Yeah, less than 8. Ooh, uh, 6 mil? Ah, uh, more than 6. <laughs> okay, we're getting really specific now. 7 mil. Uh, a little bit more than 7 mil. Uh, what, do you, what do you want from me, Zucker? 7.5 mil. Oh, come on. <laughs> that half a mil is important. You could live your whole life off half a mil. No, no, I couldn't. Not my whole life, Sandro. That's true. Well, it depends how long that, like, if I spend half that mil on, you know, heroin or something, exactly. it's going to uh, yes, yeah, so a 7.3, it's not great. Although, we don't know how much it made, so it could have made heaps of money. Or, could have lost heaps of money. Yeah, um, they didn't have too many things. The set, the one set they used a lot. There was a lot of, um, on-location stuff, though. Yeah. Out in the... There was also the whole ice. Yep. Like, 
at the ending, the ice is collapsing. Yeah, that was impressive. That was really impressive, which kind of makes me think that it was expensive. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to guess they probably spent 10 mil and probably lost a bit. But hopefully they made it up on sales because, yeah, this hopefully. is a good movie. I mean, I think I've seen it on TV. And if I think I've seen no. it on TV, I probably have seen it on TV, which means they're making quite a bit of money to get it on TV. So I yeah. hope so. Let's do Iceman. It opens with an Inuit legend. Mm, about yes. resurrection of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I should have written it down, but it's like, uh, if I shall die, I shall live again mm. through the animals and the birds and whatever, you know, I will be reborn or something like that. The intro, as we said, is very Thing vibe. Oh, yeah. Where you've got a bunch of guys in a cave and they get this uh, giant ice block out and they get a... A helicopter to pick it up, which mm. is, by the way, very, uh, very ironic if you think about it. It is like knowing what we know now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, spoilers for everything. So the helicopter carries the ice bag, and we have the intro. Oh, um, or the we- intro. Great music. I, I the soundtrack for this entire film is incredible. It's so good. Yeah. Interesting thing. Green font. Yeah. Which is not red font. No. We got green font this time. Green um, font. With a with a with a strange sort of line above the text. Mm. Um, I thought this was a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> weird flex. I mean, it's trying to it's trying to show you that this film is about something. This film uh, is going to make you think. That's what that line is, I think. Uh, then we see, like, a telegram or something, which is like, we found something super important, cancel all the things, get all the important people, Arr! quick, get Shepard in. And Shepard rocks up and immediately, you know, that everyone <laughs> likes to make fun of him. Because they're like, hey, Shepard, hey, Shepard, hey, Shepard. Hey, Shepard. What's that smell? Hey, Shepard, hey, Shepard. <laughs> wow, you stink, Shepard. Uh, we get the direct quote, Hey, have you been eating walrus again? And then we just cut to a walrus looking worried. The start of this, I got really annoyed at. It was pretty bad. I love it. conversation, it was bad though. Uh, the, the conversation was confusing and hard to follow as they're like walking down the hallway and he's like, why wasn't I informed? Blah, blah, blah. And they talk, I can't remember the direct quote because it was such a confusing line. It was very unnatural i liked it because it was so like it reminded me of why 80s sci-fis like this are so good because it's just weird dialogue choices like this at least later on they have the weird dialogue without it being confusing and hard to follow yeah because it sort of just jumped all over the place a lot of the exposition in this film is a bit confusing to be honest yes but uh, I liked the exposition later on. Uh, what's some stuff they bring up at the start? Oh, they, they talk about how the Russians are bringing back mammoths through the science of taking their cells slash DNA, putting them into mm. eggs, and then putting them into mammoths. That's exposition I liked. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I'm like, oh, this is already putting the building blocks of uh, resurrecting something, you yep. know? Mm-hmm. And, but then they But... This is what got me. They were like, but you can't actually build, bring the whole thing back because of crystallization in the cells. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that's true. Thank you, sci-fi film, for throwing true facts at me. I love that. I love it when sci-fi does the lightest amount of research <laughs> to then immediately come up with bullcrap to crush it. 
Exactly. That's my favorite thing about sci-fi is like when they're like, "This is how things work." Now, this isn't our excuse as to why <laughs> why we can do against that. Yes, it's great. It's my favorite thing. Um, uh, I got a quote here that uh, says, "This is how we expect to find you one day, Shepard." <laughs> yep, because <laughs> they look at the ice and there's the man in the ice, and they're like, yeah. "This is how we expect to find you one day, Shepard." <laughs> It's great. I thought it was really interesting how the ice looked terrible, yet every yeah. other piece of practical effect in this movie looked brilliant. Yeah, it was really weird. I guess they they just didn't want to use actual ice. Yeah. So they used this fake ice, but it looks weird. I don't know how they would use actual ice in the 80s and then put a guy inside it, unless it's a... Yeah, I don't know how they would do that effect. I think the zoom-in effect on his face was actually okay. Oh, yeah. It was sort of the, like, because that looked like he was in ice, sort mm. of. But it was like the, like, zoom out shots, which looked bad. It takes forever for them to reveal the the guy. It does. It takes a while for anything to happen. And yeah. that can annoy some. I liked it because with the mixture of the soundtrack and uh, the visuals and, like, slow pans and that sort of stuff. It created an atmosphere that I like sitting in for a while, but I can see how some someone... Yeah, I got a, I got annoyed with it. Yeah, I can see how that... I, 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 I just thought it took a little too long. Uh, the problem I have with it, because I knew the premise, I just want to see the Iceman. At this point, I was expecting this movie to be bad, almost. Like, <laughs> okay. it was getting worse. But then it started getting better, so that's good. It does, yeah, because they uh, they thaw out the Iceman. Shepard's like, hmm, this looks like a 30-year-old, roughly. Could be a hunter, yep. judging by uh, the muscles, how strong this guy looks. And he's definitely a Neanderthal, so... Yeah, yeah, And then they have a long talk about what they're going to do. They're apparently going to cut him up and then send him to different places, which didn't make much sense to me. Like, I mean, brain scientists would work on the brain. Yeah, but, like, surely you want to keep the pieces together to build the guy. But, yeah, try if you want a museum exhibit, you'd have to stick them all together again, you know? Yeah, that was an interesting aspect of this movie in that none of the scientists wanted the media, wanted the museum aspects they were purely focused on the science of it which was like that's definitely not what would happen now yeah because he's really well preserved and this is before they know that he can be revived or whatever but he's just really well preserved so trying to keep that intact should have been an important thing but they don't touch on that which is whatever Shepard disagrees with them wanting to do this he wants uh, to find out where he came from so that they can go to where he came from and find heaps more artifacts, potentially more frozen people. I mean, yeah, makes sense. Leads into uh, one of uh, the sequel. I've actually thought about a sequel oh, for this movie beforehand for once. I have as well, and it seems like you went for the sensible one, and I very much did not. Excellent. That sounds good. That's good. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, they thaw him out, which was good. Yeah. That's where we get... The quote, the Iceman warmeth. I love the thawing scene where it's just like, yeah, let's chuck him in this tube. Let's heat this bad boy up. I'm sure this won't damage the thing or whatever. Let's just (laughs) chuck him in an oven. Cook this bad boy. And I love the, like, just the water pouring into the gates below. That was cool. That was good. I liked how 
like when his muscles quote-unquote relax it's so obvious that he's not like frozen it's just a person that just dropped their arms (laughs) it's great it's great because it's really hard to hold your arms up for long periods yeah like if you've ever tried to do it you'll find that it gets harder and harder over time so you know that actor was struggling to keep their arms up that long so they just had a scene where he thaws so much that his arms flop down yeah. so that the actor could rest his arms. <laughs> it's great. And before before the arms sort of flop down, I, I loved the, the scene where he's still partly frozen with his arms in the air and it just looks kind of gross. Oh, it does. They, yeah. like, they cut into one of his legs or something and I wrote yeah. down, ew, oh. yucko, scalpel on frozen skin, actually. Yeah, it's but disgusting. then it doesn't give blood, which was a good effect that they didn't add blood for some reason because of course he wouldn't bleed because he's partly frozen yeah so that was that was smart good job but yes very very gross okay are you ready for some 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 hot facts some science exposition oh yes oh and i love this exposition it was okay so his cells are not crystallizing something is preventing his cells from crystallizing and they find out that uh, it's the same reason why that mammoth that the Russians found, the same reason that mammoth cells weren't crystallizing, in that they all ate the same sort of flour. They all ate buttercups. Yes, which has a certain, uh, like, uh, chemical that prevents, that permeates the cells and prevents them from crystallizing, which is what happens with, like, frogs and mm. alligators and other things when they do similar things, although they enter catastrophic states yeah which is maybe what happened to this guy somehow he unlocked that ability um he's got brain activity Uh uh-oh what's going on here he starts getting brain activity now that he's thawed and they have to you know try and keep him alive they get some defibrillators and uh start like adding replacement blood which is a little dangerous considering the modern blood and Old blood almost definitely aren't the same. They probably don't mix. One, do they know his blood type? They had his blood type in the station, just ready to go to inject. Huh? It's not <laughs> yep. explained. It's not gone into. We're going to assume both of those things were correct. The doctor makes a great Super Bowl joke. He he's got minor brain activity and stuff, but I don't think he's gonna make the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> There's another quote as well where one of the doctors is like, "Ah, look him right here. His readouts are quite pr- primitive, just like you, Shepard." Funny, fun, some fun scientific banter. <laughs> it was dumb. I hated it. Um, <laughs> But also loved it. Yeah. Then the guy sort of, like, starts waking up. And, like, we see from his perspective the sort of blurry vision of these people. And he starts, Mm. like, freaking out. And we see them go, oh, my God, he's awake. He's conscious. Whoa. And then he starts freaking out. But Shepard's like, ah, he's freaking out because he can't see real people. Yeah. And so he takes off his mask and safety stuff to sort of show his face and the guy's like ah, ah yes humans perfect all of the the, the scientists are talking about what they're going to do with him yeah. and this discovery and someone's like well what if we just freeze everyone that's got cancer 
wait until there's a cure, then unfreeze them. And I mean, Shepard's yes. like, yeah, but overpopulation is a thing, and that's a bit dangerous, isn't it? They bring up interesting points, which is still relevant today. But it uh, it was also, he talked about, you can't keep him frozen forever. He's, you know, a person we need to study and find out. Um, at no point in this film do they bring up his rights. No. I still feel like if this movie was made today, one scientist would have gone, he has rights or something, you know? Probably. Uh, so Shepard is like, well, how about uh, you, you give me two weeks to study him we'll put him in an enclosure uh that sort of simulates what it's like to be outside a little bit Mm, yeah but they don't tell us that they just he says he says you know i want to study him and stuff and it just sort of cuts to this it's it's a cool it's a slow reveal yes it's a good reveal as well. When you realise that it's all inside, it, you know, your heart drops a little bit. You're like, oh no. Because he gets drugged and then he wakes up and he's in a, a luscious garden with beautiful plants around him. Except he lives in the Arctic, so this would be a way different environment to what he's used to, uh, surely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look. But, but, but no, no, no. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Except that this would be way different. Because, like, you, we see him go outside at one point and he's like, Snow! Finally! Mm. This is my home! And it's like, well, yeah, that's how he would have reacted because they kept him in a place with no snow or cold weather. Yeah, that was a little strange. Some other stuff is, like, how he knew what was going... Because there's animals in this enclosure that would probably not be wild animals in the Arctic. Yeah, but it could also be, like, the continents shift and change constantly. So geographically, it could have matched this stuff, but it's not a point they touch on. Yeah, not really. It's interesting, and I do kind of like that about this film in that it picks and chooses which points it wants to deliver. That's all sci-fi. This film could have gone into that whole side of things, but couldn't have gotten it totally wrong, and I'm glad that they didn't, because they yeah, probably yeah. would have messed it up and it would have been bad. You just you just choose a, you just choose and pick the ones that you, you can be the most confident in and then ignore the other ones. Definitely. That's sci-fi. Yeah. We get some scenes of him hunting, which is pretty cool. And, like, surviving in the wilderness. He tricks a boar into running into a spear. Uh, which is, in fact, an actual tactic for killing boars. It definitely is. I wrote that down as well. It's good stuff. Once they're charging, they can't really stop very quickly, so you bait it into charging and then skewering itself, pretty much. I liked how he had a shower under a waterfall and looked very uncomfortable. Why? <laughs> what? One. Why does he wash? Why does he shower? Did he do that regularly before? Question mark? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. The music during this whole sequence is, once again, pretty phenomenal. But at the same time, it had to be. Now, this scene is long, but it's actually very enjoyable. Like, there's things happening, and I liked it. I liked the long scenes. All of them. Yeah, I liked liked most of the long scenes in this movie. It was just the start, which I really didn't like. He goes uh, fishing Mm -hmm. at some point. He goes fishing. And he finds... A very shiny fish of some yes. sort. And he, he tries to capture it, but it's really stuck down. It's like it doesn't want to be fished. So he pulls, mm. and he, he pulls, and he pulls, and he, he yanks this this uh, metal uh, bit on the end of a, a plastic tube, and he yep. wrenches it up. He's like, oh, what is this? 
Which, of course, when the audience goes, ah, he's in an enclosure. Yeah, there we go. And he follows it to a hidden door. It seems to be pretty easy to open as well because he does it multiple times. It has a lock on it, but he just, like, sort of slams on it and it opens. And then the rest of the people behind the door are like, ah, quick, close, close the metal gate. He freaks out. That's when we see that it is just a giant enclosure in the middle of a giant room. Danny Glover has to trank him. Um, And at first I thought, because the Iceman's reaction to the tranquilizer is he almost has a fit he like starts shaking and stuff and i thought are they gonna do something with that they they don't yeah it was like wait a minute does does he have a bad reaction to that maybe it was just an acting choice and yeah yeah. i think it was i think it was just an acting choice but it, it looked good so they take him to the operating room they do some experiments and then they set him loose and then shepherd's like i wanna i wanna go see him i wanna get me some of that caveman yeah, uh, I want to shake hands with a Neanderthal. I mean, yeah, if you were a cultural expert, you would too. You'd be like, yeah. I mean, it's fair, it's fair. Um, this is the point where I was like, he should surely have some rights at this point as a human. Because <laughs> they keep talking yeah. about cutting him up and, you know. They don't really talk about him as a human, though. I think Shepard's the only one who sees him as a human. Very clearly later on, the guy goes... And that monkey or whatever, which is, like, it's clearly a point the movie's trying to make, but, like, surely, sure, like, he's clearly a human. Yeah. So he enters the enclosure, and there's this cool scene with a caveman sort of staring off and then yelling at him. And Shepard's very slowly walking down. And then the Neanderthal sort of jumps on him. And we're like, oh, no, he's going to kill Shepard. But then the yeah. Iceman laughs, and it was all a big prank. Oh. It was it was great. This is a great scene where like he jumps on him and then picks up a rock, looking like he's gonna crush the head. <laughs> yeah. And then he like slams it down, but he slams it next to the head, and then he goes, "Huh." <laughs> <laughs> Neanderthal joke. What a mad prankster! Mad prankster. What a, this guy. What a ma- he 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 was making prankster videos. Yeah. Uh, for YouTube back in four thousand BC or whatever, you know, it's, it's incredible. Great. He then uh, pats down Shepard. He, like, pats yeah. every every single part of him. Uh, he hits him in the nuts. Oh, yeah, he whacks him in the nuts, <laughs> which is funny. And then uh, they get to talking, and uh, the Neanderthal is like, Ah, Roo, as he hits his chest. It's like, that's my name. And so Shepard's like, Ah, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, got it. Ah, yeah, Roo. Which we were both like, what the fuck? It doesn't work. I was saying that as well. Ah, your name's Charlie. <laughs> your name's Charlie. My name is wow. Shepard, and Charlie says Shepard really well. Again, disrespectful. Yeah. Call him yeah. Aru. Aru is very respectful of his name, and we're not respectful of his. And frankly, I'm ashamed of us, Shepard. Absolutely you ashamed. You smelly of us. bastard. Ugh. Uh, and then they have a light conversation. A light yeah. conversation. This scene goes on for ten minutes of them just saying words. And I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I was enthralled. I love the sort of, like, caveman interaction where they try and, you know, communicate and stuff. They get in a linguist as well to help out, and... She's great. <laughs> she's really good. She analyzes the sound patterns of words and that sort of stuff to match yeah, it yeah. up with our stuff. It's very similar to Arrival, if you've seen that sci-fi from mm. probably like four or five years ago now. 
they they have more of these interactions where they're trying to learn his language. At one point, uh, Aru like he offers some meat and like makes uh, Shepard eat some of this like meat that he's cooked up. Yeah, which is great. I love that. Oh, we have a musical break as oh, well. Oh yes. Oh, the singing. It's so good. Uh, where they're just sort of hanging out together, and then uh, Shepard like absentmindedly starts uh, like playing a beat. And then the caveman's like, oh, what's what this? this? You're making a bit of a funky beat there. And then Shepard's like, oh, y- yeah. And then he starts, like, doing a light bit of singing to see how it goes. And then the caveman's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting into this modern music. And he goes, ah, you know, he starts singing. And then they start jamming out. They yeah. start having a true jam. And then, you know, Shepard, like, you know, he's, he's like, unsure. And then the caveman's like, come on, keep going, keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm digging this. It's good. So yeah, it seems like a scene that was, for the most part, because it's a long cut and it's just one mm. continuous shot for the most part. It just seems like the two actors were just vibing out. <laughs> like hell yeah, no, it's, it's great. Good. It's really good. All throughout this, these scientists are doing experiments on. I yeah. refuse to call him Charlie, but I feel like I have to. Just call him Aru because that's his name. <laughs> yeah, but it's not Charlie. You bastards. The um, credits even have him down as Charlie. It's not the Iceman, it's just oh, Charlie. It's, it's like, such a on, biased guys. movie. They are continuously doing exp- experiments on Aru, and he's getting a little bit fed up with it, because, you know, he can see the marks, he can see all this stuff, and he's not having none of it. It's like causing his body to, like, feel bad. You know, like, he points to his heart, like, because they're saying his heartbeats are dropping. It's having a bad effect on his heart. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets to such a point that he asks Shepard to kill him. Yeah, which is which is like a whoa. Thing. Yeah, and so Shepard is like, "All right, I've got to, I've got to cheer him up. How about mm. we get Diane in the enclosure, introduce him to a female, see what happens." I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen. <laughs> I wonder what what could possibly happen. Anyway, so she she is taken into the enclosure and. She follows Shepard, and Shepard semi sort of introduces. Mm. He's like, oh, yeah. He does what he did to Shepard and just pats it down. Uh, and then he, he, he tries to inspect um, uh, the lower area. Yep. And Shepard's like, no, don't no, do that. No, no. That's bad. And so Aru runs off. He finds it's like a rock. No, no, no! It's the it's the um the like metal um, oh yeah spray piece that he found er- earlier attached to the tube, which I appreciated them bringing back because it's made of like copper or something, so it's very shiny. Yeah. So he tries to offer it for her. Mm-hmm. He tries to trade for uh, her. And Shepard's like, I see what's going on here. Can't have. <laughs> Anyway, after that, they're all just friends and they're hanging out after the scene. Yeah, which is good. I'm glad. I'm glad we have their friendship because then it's funny because he he starts drawing, he like draws in the dirt like uh, uh, a female, which Mm. we can tell because it has large bazongas. (laughs) Exactly. And two children. And it's like, this is his family. And it's funny because even. 40,000 years ago, the best things colleagues can do about is talk about their family. Yay! At work. I was hoping that they would bring this into it, though. I was hoping that we would 
at least get one mention of the fact that, you know, he probably would have had kids. And he's asking yeah. them, where, do you know where they are? Can you find them? And they're like, <laughs> hey, let's talk about this other thing. Um, hey, meat, am I right? Isn't it delicious? How's the, the, the weather like out there for gods flying around, am I right? <laughs> ah, that is when this comes into Everyone it. he knows is dead. <laughs> uh, Don't tell him. Yeah, so the helicopter subplot comes in at this point. It's not a subplot, it's his whole mission. Yeah. The helicopter flies over the base and he goes nuts and they're like, oh, what's going on here? You dumbass. We don't we don't get to see, but some dumbass is hovering right over the enclosure yeah. for like a five minute period for no Ridiculous. reason. At first I thought it was the media, but it's not. It's the helicopter that they use. It's their helicopter. Yeah, so some idiot is doing that and... It doesn't get touched on, and nope. that really annoyed me, because why is this dumbass helicopter driver well, doing that? I'll tell you why it's there. It's there to move the plot along. That's well, why. yeah, obvi- That's yeah obviously it's there to move the plot along, but I would have liked to seen, like, uh, maybe, like, some rich guy. I thought this was going to be a thing, you know? Some mm. rich guy wanted to get a look at it, so he's like, as he's coming in, he's like, hey, can you fly over the enclosure so I can get a look or something? You know? Yep. But there's no reason. No. It's just to move the plot along. And of course, he sees this helicopter and he thinks it his bird god. It's a bird god, because he was out on a dream walk to find uh, the bird god, which will take him to heaven. Um, Shepard explains this later on, because he talks to the Inuit people to try and get an idea mm. of what, what he might be freaking out. About. Which is another great scene, by the way. Like, him hanging oh, yeah. out with those people. Really good. Uh, he learns that they have a similar god, which is a, uh, a... It's supposed to fly you to the afterlife. Mm. It's a tricky god. It's yeah. a trickster god. Exactly. And if you haven't been good at life, it instead brings you to a place where you're you're tested to see if you are worthy to go to the afterlife. But the reason he was on the spirit walk is because... Uh, it's presumed that his tribe or whatever was having hard times. Yeah. That the animals weren't, you know, frogly. it was probably some sort of natural disaster or some sort. And so he was trying to go on the spirit walk to sacrifice himself so that his family could, you know, prosper and, you know... Exactly. Not die out. Yeah, which... I mean, it's a good story and they bring it back like it... Yeah, they, they wrap it all up. It's really good. It's really good. I really liked it. Yeah, it's excellent. And we'll come back in my uh, my uh, prequel uh, sequel. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. we cut to him, and he's preparing for uh, this r- ritual thing that he's got to do to offer himself up. He's now just obsessed. Now that he's seen his god, which I mean, you would be pretty obsessed about it too if you had just seen your god. Yeah. Um, he's got this like berry juice that he uses as sort of paint mm-hmm. on himself and he dresses up in these bones of the animals that he kills and stuff, you know. Yeah, and so he cool. is looking for a way to get out of his, his enclosure. He comes across a door once again, manages to get out pretty easily. It really annoys me because obviously they had to have this scene of him escaping, but like they they all leave the room <laughs> just as he tries to escape, of yeah. course. I mean, yeah, it's the classic thing. It's funny, though. Um, And he manages to accidentally press the button to get the door open. Yep. And he escapes. And he gets into the, uh, you know, the corridors and stuff. And it's really cool. Yeah, now Um, this is an interesting 
sequence. There's many aspects to it. In some ways, it's quite comical. You know, he comes across a mirror, he slams into it, well, like a glass door, and he's like, oh, I can just walk through this glass door, and he slams into it, and it's like, haha, it's ah. funny, that's what they do. But at the same time, it's quite sad, because you feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's he's, well done. He's freaking out. Um, there's also a bit of weird sort of shaky cam. Yeah, this was my one note. My one main mm. note for this entire film is the cinematography in this scene. Because at times it feels like it's meant to be from his point of view. Because it's, yeah. it's handheld. Yes, but then it stops being shaky cam. And then we see him. There's a scene with the mirror where yep. the camera is handheld, it walks up to the mirror, and then it is still handheld, it zooms out, and he walks up to the mirror, and it's like, was that meant to be point of view? Or is this just... Yeah, it's an interesting choice, because it, like, it transitions from it instantly, and it doesn't have, like, a transition, it's just now him again. Yeah, he just shows up in the same shot. It's kind of... I can see what they were going for. I don't think they pull it off. Yeah, it's an interesting choice, but I don't think it... Yeah, it... Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. It was cool. It was just weird. And also shaky cam. Ugh. Mm. Yeah. A little bit of a missed opportunity not having him confront the bear either. But also he got sort of... It did make roaring sounds, so it sort of freaked him out. Yeah. Uh, I I wrote down, if he murders the animals, I will give this a goodie. (laughs) Because I was really hoping he would just start killing animals. I mean, he would. <laughs> That's his... I mean, yeah. Like, he's like, oh, sweet. All these animals are captured. I'm just going to murder them and eat them. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't because he's all freaked out at the moment, no. which also makes sense. Instead, he accidentally stabs someone with a spear. Yeah, no. He breaks a few things and then we see some of the characters moving around him. And then one of them hears the sounds and is like, oh, what's... What's all this breaking sound? Mm. So he goes over and uh, the caveman's like, ah! he freaks out and he stabs him. Yeah. We never see what, what happens to that character, but... No, but I think they mentioned that he's uh, in the hospital or whatever, you know. Yeah. He's not dead, but he's like injured heavily. Hmm. And because one guy's like, I'm not going to say this was a work accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Aru manages to get outside. That's where we see him yep. see the snow. And he's like, yes, snow. Love this. Awesome. Finally. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, yeah, that's right. He would be like, thank God, snow. Definitely. Uh, but then he sees his God. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, no, quick, come back. Take me. And then uh, the helicopter is taking off and it sort of bumps into him and knocks him out. Yep. And they're all like, what Ooh. the frick? How is this? What's, what's uh, going on? The lead scientist is like, I'm shutting this down. Yeah, which is the classic dumb movie yeah. sort of thing where it's like, oh, we had one accident, right? Guess this is all over. You know, yes, the greatest it. discovery of this <laughs> age. Yep, let's just shut this down. What were they going to do with him? Were they just going to go through their idea of like, chop him up and send him? Yeah, to chop him up things? and examine him. Yeah. Which is so dumb. But then Shepard's like, no, no, I don't like any of this. None of this. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to do a yeah. Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. I'm going yeah. rogue. And I'm going to yeah. let him complete his dream yeah. walk. Spoilers for that. It's not really spoilers because he does it in every Mission Impossible film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... One of them is literally called Rogue Nation. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh... <laughs> it's great. Uh... Yeah, so he's like, Okay, we're going to let him finish this dream walk that he started because he hasn't finished the dream walk. 
so he uh, he gets these, you know, furs for him. Yep. And uh, they ask the the dude to help them escape to open the doors for some reason, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. Danny Glover's like, yeah, all right, <laughs> why not? Yep. What could possibly go wrong? So they escape, and we see them walking in the snow, and we see the big smile on his face mm. as uh, Aru's, you know, walking around in the snow. He's like, yes, dream walk and all that. He's good. excited, uh, and everyone in the base is like, oh no, this isn't good. The alarm goes off, they're going nuts, they're all out there trying to find him. Yeah, on the, on the, the like, snowmobiles and the helicopters out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some cool snow effects. It's really cool as they're Very walking cool. along. The, like, ice is collapsing. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they did that on an 84 budget. It was... Really cool, yeah. Because uh, Aru r- runs out in front, like he just keeps walking. Whereas Shepard's like, "Whoa, this ice is collapsing. We got to get out of here." This is like yeah. he's being very cautious. And then the ground just opens up, and there's in front of them. Just yeah, it looks incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it, looks it looks really, really amazing. They probably did something where they had like a wooden structure underneath, maybe that they made, and then chucked loads of ice on it and made it collapse i was thinking they could have just found a natural valley and done two shots kind of like overlapped it maybe 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 yeah however they did it it looks really cool it's very good practical effects they're good they're very good and so now he's cut off from uh aru and shepherd's like no aru come back oh sorry no he's like no charlie come back because i'm an insensitive bastard um (laughs) Yep. Sorry. And so Aru is just running. He sees the helicopter and yes. he's like, oh, here we go. We get flashbacks to stuff that we saw five minutes ago. And here's the slow mo. <laughs> and the slow mo. <laughs> About time we had some good slow mo, am I right? We haven't had slow mo in a while. Yeah, yeah. I was really missing it. And I, I wondered what you thought about the slow mo. <laughs> well, I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. And we get uh, some weird sort of flashbacks happen. Yep. Once again, it's it's a footloose and it's stuff that we just saw. It's just flashbacks to stuff we've seen. It's cool though. It's like, it's just very dramatic. Yeah. But he uh, grabs hold of the helicopter. Like the helicopter comes to grab him to take him back to the base. But Aru thinks uh, it's his god yep. coming to finally take him to the afterlife. So he grabs a hold. Yeah, he grabs onto one of the rails at the bottom of the helicopter. Yeah, and then they fly up into the sky and he's like, yes, finally the god has taken me to the afterlife. And then uh, the pilot tries to like, or reach down to like grab him. Yep. So he doesn't fall off. But then uh, Aru lets go. And we have the a really cool scene from uh, Ari's point of view as he looks on into the sun over the clouds and it does look heavenly it does and he would have you know completed his spirit walk and then he would have hit the ground and died and that's the end of the film and that is the end of the film that's how it ends I like that it ends like that I like that there isn't like an epilogue from Shepard's perspective because at that point I didn't care really yeah no, I think it was a beautiful place to end the film. It was like, yeah, he completed the spirit walk. He met his god and yep. it was good. And that is Iceman. It's a goodie from me. As I mentioned, it's 
a formula, mm. a f- formula we've seen in many, many different movies. It's a mashup of like vibes from different films yeah. as like the thing was mentioned. There's a little bit of aliens at the beginning, all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's good. I like it. I am going to recommend this to people 100%. I think it's probably one of my fa- like top three films that we've done so wow. far, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah, it's up yeah, there. Yeah, you really love this film. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's a goodie for me, 100%. Yeah, I was a bit critical of the start, and uh, near the end it got a little bit long. It was just a bit long in places. Yeah. But other than that, I, re- I also really enjoyed this film, so I'm definitely going to give it a goodie. Yeah. Absolutely. That is um, fair enough, because a lot of this movie is atmosphere and... Yeah. Yeah. And it, it at the very start, I wasn't jamming, but it was just the very start. It was only the start mm. where it was just a bit. It was a bit rough to begin with. It 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 it, it jumped in the deep end a little too quickly. I feel. Yeah, that's fair enough. But that's just my opinion. And it's also got the eighties cheese, so that's a massive plus. On oh it as yeah, well. and the eighties cheese was mm, beautiful. Mwah. And also, beautiful. There's nothing really in this movie that doesn't hold up. Like it, yeah. There's nothing that made me say, ah, it's a different time. There was no rape jokes. Anyway, it's two goodies for us from Iceman. Yep. Check this out, because not many people have seen it. Uh, yeah. If you want to be ahead of the curve like us. If you want to be cool hipster m- movie fans. If you want to be ice cool. Ooh. Fr- frozen cool. <laughs> uh, let's do some sequels. Should we yes. do the funny one or the serious one first? Or I, I'm not sure, because my one's like... This is exactly what should happen. Okay, mine is absolutely not what should happen, and I hate that I came up with it. All right, you do. <laughs> okay, so he survives his fall. <laughs> okay, yeah, but absolutely not, first <laughs> off. I mean, it's possible. Well, it, yeah. Uh, people have survived uh, things like that. Like, it's very famous, like a lady survived without a parachute jumping out of plane. She broke, like... Her arms and legs and stuff, but she survived and then, you know, had surgery and stuff and managed to, you know, keep her arms and limbs and lived on afterwards. It wasn't a fun experience, but it's possible. Uh, yeah, so Aru lands on a mountain of pure snow and that breaks his fall. Because uh, that is, of course, how physics works. Yep, absolutely. And so Shepard finds him and is like um you survived awesome it's a bunch of crazed scientists who want to kill you i'm going to uh take you home with me to the big city so they go to (laughs) la why does he go to the big city why would he go to the hinduits or something oh my god no he takes them home with him to la or new york he's like they'll expect me to take them there i've got to take you to somewhere where they'd never expect you so they go to, I'm going to say New York because it's psychotic. So nah, go, go to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. That's the third film. <laughs> he'll fit it. No, no, no. He'll fit in in Las Vegas. He will. They'll just he think will. he's high as hell. <laughs> I he just, if anybody's like, oh, what's wrong with him? He says he's super high. And they're like, ah, yeah. Yeah, that is the third one because... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. That You have to save that for the third film. You've got to save Vegas for its own film. As everyone knows, Absolutely. Vegas always deserves its own movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, yeah, you're right. So they go to New York, and uh, it's just a fish-out-of-water comedy where Aru has to get a job, he starts dating people, and uh, he doesn't know the modern-day customs. So, like, mm. he goes on a date. He doesn't know what to say, literally, because she can't understand him. It's the peak of comedy. Mm. 
But he does get a job in an accounting. He does get an office job. Yeah, he does manage to, like, through some sort of events, yeah. he manages to get an uh, an office job. Because, like, uh, the manager there is, like, tired of people being so conversational and mm-hmm. other things. And, like, like they're talking with each other too much or something. There's some, like, random events. And so when the guy comes in, you know, Shepard helps him in and then, like... They're sitting in this interview and he's like, he asks him some questions and uh, Aru only really knows yes or no. Yeah. So he's a bit like a quieter and he's like, you know what? I'm getting good vibes from you. You're hired. You're hired. The way uh, that the, because of course, the scientists, they get a hold of the fact that he is living in New York and they come after him because you need that threat in there. How they find him is... uh, Iceman Aru goes on like a Tonight Show or something because yeah he's popular in New York. People see him on the street, and the producers of the Tonight Show were like, "This guy, what a yeah, interesting he, he person!" Bumps into, he he bumps into one of the producers on accident, yeah, and like uh, acts all weird about it, and he's like, "Ha, huh, you're funny." Yep. Would you like to come on the Tonight You're coming on the Tonight Show. So he meets... Who was hosting in the 80s? David Letterman? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And and that is where the scientists get a hold of him and they're like, ah, we need to go and get him. And then it kind of turns into a little bit like E.T., you know? A little bit like E.T. They've got to try and escape. Uh, It ends with Shepard blowing all the scientists up because this is a terrible (laughs) film from the 80s. Wow! What?! He's gone so rogue, you wouldn't believe. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's not the same scientists. Thank God. Like, he teams up with Danny Glover and Diane and stuff, and they go and blow up the government. At the end of two, I don't know, he falls in love with someone. By the third one, they're married, they've got kids, but he's got to go on a work trip to Las Vegas. Yep. It's, yeah. Which then, of course, he meets another cave lady. <laughs> oh, no. Of course. Yeah. Yes. There's just this other <laughs> Neanderthal woman. <laughs> in, Absolutely. In Las Vegas. And he's like, oh, no. What am I going to yeah. do? And yeah. uh, the government are after him as well. They Yeah, absolutely. That's the film. I don't know what it's called. Iceman uh... in New York. Yeah. Iceman, Neanderthal in the city. I don't know. Uh, no, it'd be Iceman on the Hudson. <laughs> Iceman on the... <laughs> Alright, what's yours? <laughs> nice. So, my one, the the real sequel that should happen, instead of your garbage. Um, Aru dies, first off. Absolutely. So what happens is, it, it, it starts off almost directly uh, at the end of this film, where he falls. And you you see, um, what's his face? Shepard. He gets arrested, obviously, and uh, gets put in jail. All these things, but uh, it cuts to uh, the people looking for you know the body, and they uh, they find where he fell, but it's actually it's caved in where he's fallen. Like his body's like landed on this ice, and it's like the impact has caused it to collapse. And inside, they find a whole tribe. They find his tribe. Yep. So in essence, his spirit walk had saved his tribe. Which is nice. And of course, he, he's died. So he sacrificed himself just like he set out to do. Mm. But then the movie is about, like, they managed to revive this entire tribe. 
and because they have the prior knowledge of language, they, you know, get a Barry up and they, they're like, well, we have Aru's body to experiment on now. Mm. What are we going to do with this entire tribe of people that we've revived? And it's like, well, now we have to, like, get them into, like, bring them into, not society, but, like, bring them into the modern age. Yep. Um, we're going to need an expert. I guess we'll have to go get Shepard again. <laughs> so they get him back in and they, they bring this tribe in and uh, the wife and the kids are told that uh, Aru in fact saved them. Nice. And that's my sequel. Cool. There you go. I like it. Yeah. What do you call it? Iceman 2 Tribal Revival. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow, you really didn't like that name. Jeez. No, it's good. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> You're like, Fuck you. That name's garbage. <laughs> Uh, no, I like it. It's very 80s. And <laughs> yeah. Those were two polar... Polar. Polar opposite sequels, and... Yeah, but my I'm one thinking. was more on the lines of this film. Yours is just like, let's just dumpster this franchise into the ground. <laughs> Which is what they probably would have done. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's time for everyone's favourite segment... Raving reviews. Oh, by the amount of revs in that, that must mean we've got some reviews this week. Uh, we have a few. Yeah. I was just okay. really eager to get back into the raving reviews, seeing as last week we couldn't do it because Brandon Tremont's website was down. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I was just very eager to get into it this nice. time. Cool. Uh, the way this works is I get reviews from the best website, and unless it's down Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> And I get it not from the, like, critic reviews. No. Because critics are all corporate shills. It's true. I can confirm that. I am one, and I am a corporate shill. See? Proof in the pudding. <laughs> um, that's how that phrase works. Um, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. I am a pudding, and there is proof inside of me in that what I just said is the proof. <laughs> it works. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, besides pudding being inside of you... Um, ah, don't think of it like that. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought of. We get them from the user reviews because, like a crowd, if you if you if you get them all into a collective, you get an, an average, and that average is usually more intelligent than the average crowd goer. That is a proven fact. It doesn't really apply here, but it's how I justify getting user reviews because they're <laughs> nonsense. Anyway, I tell Sandro the user review. He guesses the score. Let's just jump into Jump it. right into it. So first off, we have Crystal, who, <laughs> funny story, I got this review as one of the first reviews, and then later on when sifting through the reviews, it turns out she did it twice. Wait, what? She Yes. She uh, reviewed this in 2014 and 2007. So... With the exact same review. Does that mean that Crystal has two accounts? Uh, yes. Yeah, so they were on separate accounts. That's... So clearly she... Wow. Uh, she had to make a second account at some point and just redid her reviews. Huh. It says, Great movie for its time! Oh, of course it does. All caps with an explanation yep. mark. Yep. yep. So yep. starting off pretty easy, I think you'll get this one. Uh, great movie for its time. I'm it's go... all caps with an explanation mark. Oh, then it's five out of five, isn't it? Nah, it's three out of five. I was going to go four. Interesting. I, I was actually going to go four and then I went five. You were going to go four. No, it's, it's a great movie for its time. Um, so Crystal, good on you for making sure everyone knew that 
by posting it twice. Then we have Al. Al says, I was a kid when I saw it, hence the high rating. So why don't you rewatch it and rate it based off what you think now, instead of rating it from what you remember? It's possible that he has nostalgia bias. Mm. He did watch it, but has nostalgia bias. That's did true, you think of that, true. Sandra? This sounds like a four again. I'm going to go four. It is a four. Boom. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well, it had to be up in the highest scale, so that did narrow yeah. it down for you, but still, four. Which I think is what I would give this, actually. I'd give this a four. So, uh, Perry uh, has said a comment, but it's in uh, quotation marks. So it's clearly a quote. So I'm going to read it uh, how it's uh, meant to be. Which is, I'm just a caveman, frozen in ice until I wake up in your time. Your world frightens me. Is that it? Wow. That's the, that's he's just put that as a quote. There's absolutely it's nothing. It's a direct of... quote from it's the direct quote from the movie, Sandro. It is it a direct sense. quote from the movie. I'm just a caveman, frozen <laughs> in ice until I wake up in your time. Your world frightens me. If you're writing a review from the point of view of Aru, there is a Yep. You can be critical. There is a clever review in that idea of writing it from Aru's point of view. Yes, but this is a this is a user review, so it isn't clever. <laughs> Three. No, that's positive. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'll just go three. You go three? It's a 3.5. Oh, so it is positive. Very close, very close. Yeah, no, that was that was on the money. You were very close. Next review is uh Doris. Doris has a lot to say. She says, uh, very interesting, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> I don't know. Usually, usually there's some sort of clue, but there is nothing for this, for this week, I think. This week is a tough one. This is hard mode. Oh, you wouldn't do two 3.5 reviews in a row. No, I wouldn't do that. I'm just going to stick with three. It's 3.5. <laughs> I put it deliberately as 3.5 in a row. <laughs> of course you did deliberately. <laughs> I deliberately put it the same score uh, in a row just just because I knew you would say that. That's brilliant. Oh, I'm the prank. best. What a prank. And going along offensively bad lines. This this review was made possibly by uh, Shepard. I don't know because it's so offensive. Yeah. Uh, VJ says additional half star for when Oog tries to grab the woman's crotch. <laughs> Leave. Leave the internet, please. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> that was an oof. One, not his name. Two, misogynistic. Three, just why do you feel like the internet has to know that that's your opinion? Yeah. BJ, BJ, get your head out of the gutter. Uh, uh, half a star. So that means there is half a star in this somewhere, which means yep. that it's, it's 3.5, isn't it? Nope. It's a one out of five. Oh. Thanks, VJ. Thanks. You suck. Wow. <laughs> and then finally, the last one, which uh, I I did actually tell you this one, but I thought it was so funny. Um, but I'll put it in anyway, because it's very obvious what he rated it. <laughs> oh, okay. But Daniel says, The most underrated movie of all time. This could easily be my favorite movie ever. I can watch it over and over again. John Lone was inspired in playing a Neanderthal man 
40,000 years old Timothy Hutz turns in the performance of his life. <laughs> Almost every actor in this supporting roles went on to have great careers. This movie has it all. I'm guessing it's all in caps. It's all caps. There are full stops, but I felt it, it was better if I just screamed through it all. That's a five out of five. It's a five out of five. <laughs> that one's very obvious, but yeah, it was yeah. funny that it was just all in caps. Why? Uh, Why is it all in caps? God, God damn it. I love the internet. Well done. You got you got a good like 50% of those. I got two. That's not... Uh, you could... A uh, good... Uh, you got two out of six. Yeah. It's not too bad. At I least mean, you got two of them. That's still a failing, but whatever. Yes. Uh, still a failing great, but we'll work on it, Sandra. We'll work on it. That is our episode on Iceman. This has been a fun one. I've liked this week. Yeah, it has been. Uh, check us out on your YouTubes if you want. I just uploaded every episode back on YouTube because I forgot for a while. We're also on iTunes and um, every Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Pandora, every single thing. If you want to leave us a review on any of those apps that allow you to review us, definitely give it a go we will read you out give you a shout out in an episode it'll mm. be a fun time that helps the show get it out in front of more people what else do we have zach we've got facebook as well yep we got the book face uh check us out on the book face we've got the instas yeah. well you got the instas i don't use it because i'm lame uh we do have twitter i use mine never but sandro uses his check out sandro's instagram and twitter he's my twitter is just me putting out stupid polls at like once that... a month <laughs> absolutely the best twitter i've ever seen i love polls the stupider the better i'm glad you like him it's funny to make uh we've also got an email email address shoot through your thoughts mm. on ice to oldie podcast at gmail.com what do you think of ice too cold too warm or too lukewarm. Mm. Or too Charlie warm. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing if we want to give it the wrong name. Ah! Anyway. Alright. You are picking next week's episode. What's uh what's uh what's our choices for next week? You got one choice. Oh. Um Oh, okay. It's not really a choice. Nope. So you that means because you've really got one choice, you can pick between the four alternate options for this week. Just a reminder, that was Friday the thirteenth, the final chapter that's not the final chapter. Kidco, the tax based kids doing a business movie. Farlap, mm. Australian horse with a big old heart, and most likely another big appendage, and also swing shift. Uh, apparently it's really great okay and the film the only film that came out next week in 1984 is this murder rock also known as murder rock dancing death also known as the demon is loose exclamation point wow also known as slash dance those names are very different Okay. It is an Italian slasher movie about dancing. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, the producers forced the director to turn it into a musical after the success of Ooh. films like Footloose. Well, at this point, that doesn't sound too great. So I kind of want to do one of the previous ones. I feel a butt coming. But <laughs> that also means it could make a really good podcast. Mer- just do that yep. one. So I'm torn. It's either Kidco. Which sounds like a movie that's terrible but amazing. Yep. Or this film. So I want to pick this one just to see what a disaster it is. You want to go murder rock? You want to go for an Italian slasher about dancing? Yes, absolutely. Lock that bad boy in. I am so excited. I'm genuinely <laughs> really excited to watch this. Excellent. Good to hear. 
Alright, next week, Murder Rock. Let's wrap it up with our favourite quote from Iceman. Mine has got to be, Oh, his readouts, they're quite primitive. Just like you, Shepard. Oh, I got you, burn. <laughs> Mine is also uh, an insult against Shepard. This is, uh, this is how we expect to find you one day, as he points to the frozen caveman. <laughs> or, alternatively, we have Thor. Ah, we have Thor. We have Thor, not the Norse god. The thawing of the ice. We have Thor. The ice is thawing. There is water coming from the ice, much like what would happen if the god Thor showed up and was like, have some rain, but not that, because we're not talking about Thor the god. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.